The following presentation is from Mountain Park Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and video teachings, visit mountainpark.org. Uh, we have, uh, uh, one of the things that I'm, uh, I find kind of fascinating is how adults uh, uh, connect with one another, how adults uh, develop relationship with one another. Because it's easy for kids. Kids look at one another and say, um, uh, he want to play tag, and then five minutes later, they're best friends. Boom. Kids just have a way of making it happen. But for adults, do we develop relationships naturally, or is it typically something that is an intentional thing for us? Is it a natural thing for us, or is it an intentional thing for us to develop relationships. If you're married, did you meet your spouse through a natural process and boom, you just kind of happened to run into each other? Or were you intentional about, I'm going to go after that guy, I'm going to go after that girl? Uh, is, is it a natural process or is it intentional? Sometimes our relationships are just natural. Other times, like Chester and Jody, they were intentional about saying, I am going to go to this alpha thing. I am going to join a D group and connect with a group of folks and see where that where that goes. Sometimes it's a, it's a natural thing, and sometimes it's an intentional thing. This year we're calling it AD, the year of our Lord. We're talking about having an actual relationship with Jesus, that Jesus is not just a theological idea 2,000 years ago, but to imagine being one of the 12 where we are sitting with Jesus and learning more about him and spending time with him. Is that process of spending time with Jesus, is that a natural thing that just kind of happens, however, or is there some intentionality that is to be a part of that? Or is it a natural process, or are we supposed to be intentional in terms of developing that relationship? And the way we're going to go after that today in terms of looking at natural and intentional is through the lens of prayer. We're going to be talking about prayer uh, today. When do you pray? What instigates you to pray? Uh, do you pray regularly? Do you pray daily? Do you uh, 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 respond to certain things out of prayer? When something bad happens, who's your first call? Is it your parents? Your broker? Do you pray? When something good happens, what's your first action? Do you post it on Facebook? Do you pray? What, what's the first response for you? Where does prayer fit into your journey? How do you decide whether something is worthy of being prayed for or not? I uh, remember when my oldest son was a year and a half and he had an unfortunate incident with sunscreen pouring into his eyes. And uh, so he became terrified. He was in the, we poured water over him and the sunscreen burned his eyes and he became terrified of the bathtub, terrified of it. And this went on for months and he, he, we just could not get him wet. We would try to be as gentle as we could and splash his little toes, you know, to try to get this. And he started to really stink because he was, he was just could not wash this guy. And he was just, he was just, just terrified of, uh, of the whole deal. So I did uh, what any new loving parent would do. I put him in the back of the car and we went to Babies Are Us. And I went with the... Uh, with the willingness to spend up to $1,000 on any contraption that they had that would fix this problem. And to my surprise, the 16-year-old uh, employee at Babies R Us didn't have all the solutions to my problems. Again, I was, a, that was my firstborn. Uh, and so we just figured somebody, somebody was going to have you know, the easy solution to this. Well, all I could find was a little, all I decided to purchase was a little $1.50 wind-up sub, plastic submarine. 
That's all I could find. Now, I saved a lot of money. That's good. But I felt like a failure on the drive home, and I'm, I'm driving back. And so I, I decided to pray about it. And I just said, God, would you please help my little boy have a good time in the bathtub? Would you please take away his fear of water so that we can get over this and we can continue to enjoy life? Because this is really hard. God, come. I need your help here. And while I was praying, I looked in the rearview mirror, and my little boy in his, in his big old seat was going like this. And this is a sign language for more. Now, please don't think that, wow, they taught their kids sign language. No, he knew one sign. <laughs> he knew one sign. And, and this basically meant more, more Cheerios is what it meant, basically. But he knew it meant more. And so I'm, I prayed out loud, and I saw him in the river mirror, and he was doing this. And he was not getting any Cheerios. There was something beautiful that was happening in the car there. So I continued to pray. God, I know that little Gordon has a... And I just kind of prayed for the rest of the drive home. And he was in the back, and he continued to do this. We got home, filled up the bathtub, showed him a little submarine, and he had a blast in the water for over a half an hour. Totally cured of any fear of, of the water thing. Now, I don't know if that was the result of this amazing plastic submarine or if that was connected to the prayer at all. It, it raises some interesting questions about prayer. I mean, would this have happened whether I had prayed in the car or not? Would, would, uh, did the prayer have anything to do with it? That kind of a prayer for a little boy to be able to be okay in water and, and all that, is, is that worthy of God's time? Is that worthy of the time of the creator of the universe? Did I pray right? Did I do it properly? And so as a result, God chose to bless my kid and help him out. Did, did I do it right? I mean, is there a wrong way to pray and a right way to pray? I mean, how does this all work? When we pray, are we, is it something that's just supposed to happen naturally and that's all it is, just be completely natural? Or is there some intentionality to it to say, this is the way we're supposed to do it? Be, in, be intentional. Do it this way. Is prayer connecting with God? Is that to be natural or intentional? I think Jesus models for us that it is to be natural. It's to be natural that there are times where Jesus would pray a short prayer. He would pray a long prayer, depending on what was going on with him. Before he uh, raised Lazarus from the dead, he prayed a tiny little prayer. But a bump, 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 moved into it. The night before he died on the cross, he prayed all night. He prayed the whole night, let this cup pass from me. As if he didn't want to go through with it, which is an amazing concept to, to think about. But he prayed through that whole deal. We can pray short prayers. We can pray long prayers. Just pray naturally. There's a whole lot of space and, and, and flexibility there. We, we put rules on how we pray, and you've got to pray a certain way. And I do this to you all the time. I say, if we're going to pray, I say, would you bow your heads? Because you've got to bow your heads to pray. You've got to fold your hands. You've got to close your eyes. You've got to do this. Because if you don't do that, it doesn't register. God doesn't know. <laughs> you've you got to do, do these pieces. Well, who said? Who said you've got to close your eyes? Sometimes when I, when I wrap up and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I pray for you guys at the end of a message, I look around and I keep my eyes open. And every once in a while, someone looks up at me and <laughs> they look freaked out. <laughs> As if I've broken the rule? 
You're not supposed to, it's not a real prayer if you keep your eyes open. What I love about the eyes open thing is, is you know, with kids, they'll, they'll say to one, to, about one another, they'll tattletale and say, he was peeking during prayer. Well, how do you know? I mean, it's, it's so beautiful. And so where do, these, where do these rules and laws come from? In our context, in our experience of prayer here at this church, um, our prayers are, are pretty... Um, pretty consistent in different groups that I'm in and even on staff and all that. We, we don't have a lot of wacky, uh, imaginative, creative prayers here in this church. Uh, it's just kind of part of who's gathering here or our background. Or we're, we're a church of God church and all this kind of stuff. It doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. Sometimes people are uncomfortable with kooky prayers. You know, someone starts to, to bring their imagination or creativity into prayer or imagine seeing a picture during prayer saying, I see a picture of a waterfall and da 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 And some people are going, uh-oh, we got a live one over here. We got one. We don't pray like that in this church, you know. And so, well, who says? Who says we've been given imagination, we've been given creativity? Why can't that flow into a natural experience of praying with God that way? Jesus at one point, he sends out the 72 and they go have an amazing, amazing experience and they come back and then Jesus says, Jesus says, I saw a picture of Satan falling from heaven. Well, he prayed a kooky prayer there, didn't he? I mean, who's to say these rules? One of my favorite rules or, or most interesting rules is, is the thumbs up rule in deciding who's going to pray. I don't know if you've ever done this. You go to a restaurant, you're in some kind of, some kind of gathering, and, well, who's going to pray? And then somebody does this. And then whoever's the last one to put their thumb up loses. And then that's the person who has to pray. Now, with a, do, do we think God doesn't see that process? I mean, I just, I just don't get that. Does he, he, doesn't, he doesn't dial up until you're actually praying. And, oh, we got one over there at that restaurant. Oh, good. They're all praying nicely. Eyes closed. Good. All is well. Uh, but he didn't see it. I mean, how does he feel about the whole thumbs up? I don't want to be the loser who has to pray gig. I mean, where do these rules come from? We can pray naturally. It's talking to God. And we can be authentic about that. We, we, can, we can just pray. We can say what's on our heart. Have you ever prayed an angry prayer? Have you ever been honest enough or safe enough in your relationship with God to pray an angry, frustrated, scared, doubtful prayer? Can you do that? Do you have enough intimacy with Jesus to do that? That's not a, that's not a, a, a new concept. King David in the Old Testament, he wrote the book of Psalms. This is our song book from the, from, the, from the Hebrew scriptures. And King David wrote most of them. And there are a number of psalms in the book of Psalms that are referred to as the Psalms of Lament, where he is crying out to God. He's frustrated. I want to read to you a few verses from Psalm 42, which is a psalm of lament. And it begins in a way that's familiar to most of us, begins in a way that actually shows up in, 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 a, in a song of about 20 years back as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. I'm in Psalm 42, beginning in verse 1. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. 
while men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. We sing the first part of that. We don't normally sing the second part of that, where he's saying, I used to have a great time. I used to enjoy life. I used to enjoy celebrating God. I'm not doing that anymore. All, all I can eat, all I can taste are the tears. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. There are many psalms of, of lament where David models for us the, the chest of God is big enough for us to pound on. Do you remember a movie that came out a number of years ago called The Apostle with Robert Duvall? And there's a scene where he's up in the attic and he is frustrated and he says, he says, I call you Jesus, you call me Sonny. Remember that scene? And he says, I am mad at you. I am mad at you. Have you ever said that to Jesus? Do you feel like you could? Do you have enough relationship to Jesus where you could say that? Where you could say that you're frustrated? Uh, many of you know Jonathan Foster, who used to be on staff with us. and uh, He was a worship uh, leader here in a temporary role and uh, he and I became friends, and uh, just a little ways back, I met with him for lunch, and he was telling me about his son a few years back uh, when he was 10 years old, had uh, kind of, was really questioning his faith, was really honest about it, and, and, and came to a point where he um, uh, no longer believed in God. And so Jonathan told him, well, God still very much believes in you. And so, and he, and he said, uh, it's okay for you to have those questions. Let's kind of continue on this. And he loved his son real well through all that. He said, but... Would you, Jonathan was a pastor at the church at the time. He was the, 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 um, the, the senior pastor at the church. And so he just asked his son, can you just not make a big deal of it while you're processing? I mean, don't, don't just, you know, just don't make a big deal of it. Well, a few weeks after that, his Sunday school teacher asked uh, Jonathan's son, the, the 10-year-old, to pray to close out a Sunday school uh, time. And they often go to the, the pastor's kids, the PKs, uh, uh, please pray for my kids. I mean, you, it's just tough being a PK and the whole thing. Kind of, they're the go-to kid in the class. And so he says, what do you pray for us? And, and, and uh, Jonathan's son stood up and said, I cannot pray this morning because I no longer believe in God. <laughs> so they stared at each other. Awkward. <laughs> and, uh, and then... Uh, uh, the teacher told Jonathan later on that his favorite part was, this kind of happened in the back of the class, and there were these kids in the front who were regular church attenders, church kids in the front. One looked at the other and said, can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> Just the whole deal of it's okay to question our faith. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to be honest. It's okay to be natural as we're talking with one another, as we're talking to God. He can handle it. Be authentic. In fact, that's why we encourage casual dress here at Mountain Park. If you like to dress up, you like to put on a, a, a tie and a jacket or a dress, uh, please, please feel free to do that. If that's a natural way that you want to dress up to go to church, please do it. You are welcome here. Very few of the ushers have scissors to cut off your tie. That's not going to happen. Come as you are, absolutely. But don't feel like you need to change or, or set yourself up before you can come before God, before you can come and encounter God. In fact, I think the opposite is true. I think the more intimate we are with a person, 
the more casual we are with that person. The more intimate we are with Jesus, the more casual we can be with him. There's only one group of people who sees me walking around in my boxers. That's my family. I'm sure you're all thankful for that. <laughs> but that's what it is. The more, it's, it's not the more intimate we are, the more formal we get, and the more serious we get about God. Thou art so biggest, God. That's, that's not more intimate. The more intimate we are, the more casual we can be. I think Jesus demonstrates this by the language that he uses with his followers. Jesus was Jewish, so he spoke Hebrew. But he chose to teach in Aramaic, which was, the, which was a much formal language for them. Also, the New Testament uh, was written in Greek. The, the majority of our New Testament is written in Greek which is the language outside of Jerusalem because the, the gospel spread outside of Jerusalem and they wanted to impact the world. It continued to go further and further and, and impact the world. It was, a, it was a Greek world around Jerusalem. So the New Testament was written in Greek, but there are two kinds of Greek. There's classic Greek and there's Koine Greek. And Koine Greek is the common language. It's casual language. The New Testament is written in Koine Greek. I mean, there's, uh, Luke was a doctor. He certainly could have handled classic Greek, but he chose to do it in common language, casual, natural language. Let's communicate with one another. Let's be authentic. Let's be natural. Let's be real. We can use our own words. We can be natural when we connect, when we communicate with God. For the past few weeks, we've been talking about the personality of Jesus and discovering who Jesus is. And, and a lot of things have been intention that Jesus is both powerful and playful. Jesus is both truthful and gracious. Jesus is both simple and mysterious. So on the one hand, we are invited to connect with Jesus very naturally. We can pray, say what comes to our, to our heart, to our mind. We can be honest. We can be natural. But here's the really fascinating part about that. That's all, that all totally makes sense. But in Matthew chapter six, as part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives directive in terms of prayer that we don't see in other areas of his teaching. He says, this then is how you should pray. These are the words I'm gonna give you. And then he provides for us what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer. One of the most famous passages of scripture. Yes, do it naturally, but here's some intentionality that I, that I want to tell you about. Here's how you should pray. He gives us the Lord's Prayer. There's a guy named Ken Davis. I heard him uh, tell this story uh, about a time a number of years back when he was the chaplain of the Chicago Bears in the 80s, in the mid-80s, when, uh, uh, when the Fridge Perry was... Uh, was on that team, and, and so Ken Davis was there, and he was uh, having a time with the, with the players, and he asked the fridge to, uh, to, to lead the group to recite the Lord's Prayer. And as this was happening, um, Jim, Jim McMahon, who was the quarterback for the Bears at the time, leaned over to Ken Davis with a, with a $50 bill. He said, I'll bet you 50 bucks he doesn't know the Lord's Prayer. So Ken Davis says, sure, I'll, I'll take that 50 bucks. I believe in the fridge. I believe in him. And then Ken, Ken Davis thought, well, this is kind of weird. Here, I'm betting on a prayer. Is that okay? Does that work? Can I do that? But, uh, but uh, 
the fridge gets set up to, to do the Lord's Prayer. And he says, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And so Jim McMahon then, he takes the $50 bill and he, he gives it to Ken Davis and says, I can't believe he knew it. And so, it's great. Grace, they get paid to play football. That's what they got paid for. But you, you see, you see, it's on the one hand, it's all about um, uh, uh, it's not about the words. See, on the one hand, it's not about the words when we're talking, when we're connecting with God, and if we get the prayer wrong and we start a certain way or we say this different prayer or we don't say it as eloquently as somebody else, it's not about the words. It's about just uh, talking honestly and authentically and naturally. But on the other hand, it is about the words. Jesus says, this is how you should pray. This is how I want you to pray. I want to take just a few minutes and look at the gift that Jesus gave us in the Lord's Prayer. This is the version that most of us are going to be familiar with. This is the version that we typically see in the, in the song versions of the Lord's Prayer. This is the one that many of us have memorized it from, from some place. And there are three sections to it. The first section, uh, actually this here is, uh, uh, is very non-casual language. You see that? I mean, we're talking about prayers can be casual, common language. But this here is, uh, is actually from the 17th century. This is a, a version of the Lord's Prayer that came out in the mid-17th century. And this is the one that we have hung on to. It's beautiful. It's artistic. It connects with many of us uh, because of its beauty and its art with the language. There's some intentionality to it. Okay, so uh, uh, Jesus begins. He says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus uh, invites us to pray by, by remembering who it is that we're talking to, recognizing who it is that we're sitting down and talking with, to bring reverence and awe and respect to the one who is holy. Hallowed be thy name. God is holy, set apart, unlike any other. And then the second section that we see here in Jesus' model for prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. Now this is to remind us that there's a difference between heaven and earth. That on heaven there is one kingdom, the kingdom of God. On earth there are two conflicting kingdoms. There is the kingdom of God that, is, that, is, that we see glimpses of here on this earth. We get to see little moments of it. This story that we celebrated today of Chester and Jody that is a glimpse of the kingdom of God where, where, the, where the people gather around and say, we love you. We're, you're, you're new here. We want to make sure that you know God's love is amazing. We want to wrap our arms around you. You guys did an amazing job. That's a glimpse of the kingdom of God. That's what happens when we love one another. But there's another kingdom here on this earth. It's the kingdom of darkness. It's the kingdom of the en enemy who is hell-bent on sabotaging our relationship with God. And it's because of that, there are things that happen here on this earth that are destructive and painful. And these are not the will of God. Not everything that happens on this earth is the will of God. I think that is something we need to be careful with. Something terrible, tragic happens, and then we conclude that was the will of God. 
there are two conflicting kingdoms here on this earth. God can redeem any of that. He can heal any of that. He can do amazing things through the awful things that happen here on this earth. But there are two conflicting kingdoms here. And Jesus says, Jesus says, remember to come before that in every, every time in prayer to say, I surrender. May your will be done here in every way, not just part of it, but in every place. God, more and more and more, may your kingdom be here instead of the kingdom of darkness. Then there's the third section. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the part where we ask from God. This is the part where we say, uh, I pray for this. God, help me, heal me. I need this. Typically, however, this is where we start our prayers. This is usually we're stuck, we're, we're trapped, whatever. We need help. God, help me, heal me, give me, take care of me. And it's okay. We can pray those things. But Jesus says, let's start by acknowledging who it is that we're talking to. And then get to the surrender place of saying, your will be done. I'm not even going to get to my stuff before I say, your will be done. Your will be done. That's what I'm leaning on. I'm not interested in anything that is outside of, what, of the plans you have for my relationship, for my finances, for my decisions. Your will be done. And then after those two things, then we get to the place of saying, God, here's what I bring before you, Father. Now, I said there's three sections. There is a, a, a final section there at the end. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, but that's not part of Scripture. That's an add-on. Uh, that was uh, added on later. I think because uh, the song is incomplete if you landed. But deliver us from evil. Thank you very much. Thank you. It just, it doesn't resolve. And so they needed a little bit more to finish that out. And actually, I think the add-on of for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, I think that add-on is a beautiful picture of the natural and the intentional. In fact, this, the Lord's Prayer is found in Matthew chapter 6. That's the, the longest version of it. But it's also found in Luke chapter 11 in a shorter version. In other words, it's not, in other words, it is about the words these are the words to pray. This then is how you should pray. But it's not about the words. It's intentional, yet it's also natural. It's both and. Jesus has given us a gift with that. So I want to close by just um, inviting some of you to perhaps think about being more natural in your prayers. Maybe some of you are just a little stiff in your prayer. And you don't feel like you can open up your mouth unless it is words of joyful happiness. But God wants to hear the laments. He wants to hear where your heart is. You can be honest and authentic with him. Maybe you've never prayed out loud. Maybe you're the, the father and, and you're home. You've never felt comfortable praying out loud because your prayers aren't eloquent enough. You don't have the right words to say. Maybe it's time you got over that and just prayed naturally and authentically. Your voice is the sweetest thing in the ears of your Father in heaven. Your voice. He wants to hear from you. And maybe some of you, you've got the natural peace and you pray, just like Paul says, you pray without ceasing and you pray while you're driving and while you're putting on makeup and while you're putting on makeup while you're driving and you pray... 
You, you pray without ceasing, and that's, and, that's, and that's great. And maybe you're the one who's, uh, who's praying because someone's praying while putting a makeup, while driving, whatever. And maybe you do pray without ceasing. But maybe there's some intentionality that needs to kind of be uh, uh, bumped up for you. Jesus says, this, is, this then is how you should pray. When's the last time you prayed through the Lord's Prayer? When's the last time you really soaked in this and said, I, this is how I want to spend, every day I want to pray this throughout this week, throughout this month. When's the last time you prayed as Jesus invited you to? Maybe there's some intentionality that needs to come in there. We're going to um, close with a, with a brief time of response and give you an opportunity to uh, perhaps try something new in your, in your prayer. You can come to the front, and uh, maybe you've never come to this area here, which is called unassisted prayer. You can come, and um, no one will bother you. And maybe you've never come here because it just doesn't feel natural. Maybe there's some intentionality for you. You need to come and just, and just come before God in this way. Maybe there's assisted prayer at either of the doors. Folks would love to pray with you. And then there's other opportunities. You can come light a candle. You can write a, a, a note on a card and nail it to the cross. If you're new with us, these are things we do typically most Sundays. And there's communion available in the back if you'd like to do that. Let prayer be a part of your experience. Maybe you can just sit where you are. We're going to leave the words of the Lord's Prayer up on the screen and maybe just kind of meditate over those words for a little bit. I invite you to say them with me. Just stay where you are and say, say these with me and then I'll close this in prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Father, I pray in these, in these next few moments that you would allow us to be natural and intentional as we connect intimately with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.